Hi, we're Donnie and Chelsea. We're best friends, mortal enemies, and the hosts of I Am The Cute One. On our show, we'll chat movies, gossip about pop culture and current events, but mostly we'll overshare, trauma dump, and embarrass ourselves publicly. After all, we're millennials, so we've been living and laughing and loving through unprecedented events every few years our entire lives. So if talking is your love language, subscribe to I Am The Cute One. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. On 9-11, our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Today on Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2, Potomac is back. Praise God. Also, Denise is deflecting. And, of course, more drunken antics over in New York. Right after this. What's up, you guys? This is, of course, Kendrick Tucker. And this is going to be our weekly Housewives Roundup episode. So I decided I'm instead of splitting up Potomac and the rest of the Housewives, I'm just going to cover them all at the end of the week. You can probably expect an episode every Monday, and then you can probably expect some Marvel content at some point during the week. Since there wasn't a whole lot going on in New York and Beverly Hills this week, this episode is really going to be talking a lot about Potomac. You know, we got two episodes. I waited until this week to post about Potomac because for those of you who don't know, episodes one and episodes two were basically posted online and on demand and on YouTube around the same time. They posted episode one after it aired on Bravo, of course, on Sunday night. But then they had a big Twitter party, a big viewing party on Twitter to kind of uh, usher in episode two. So early in the week, we saw episode two as well. So that'll be the episode that you guys saw uh, most recently. So I tried to wait until you've seen at least the first two episodes before I did a review about this. It didn't make sense to jump in with one and then come back, do uh, New York and Beverly Hills on another episode and then come right back and do Potomac again. So that's why you're getting this lovely little gift wrapped in a bow. All of this talked about on one episode. We'll start off. I'll hit the big points on Beverly Hills first. And then we're going to talk about a big kind of question that I have. I'll do that for New York too, before we kind of get in a lot deeper with Potomac. I've never related to a housewife scene in history more than I've related to sudden 
freaking out in that dressing room about not being able to fit those clothes. Listen, that's why it stresses me out to go to places like Marshall's, uh, TJ Maxx, all these places where they have like a variety of brands. I hate it. One thing might fit you exactly well. The next thing might fit you like you might, you know, look like you're wearing a muumuu in one thing, but you look like you're wearing a, a two-piece glove in the other one. So it's just like, what the hell is going on? I've never related to a scene more than that because if I if I went shopping with people, one thing I don't do is go shopping with people because I hate for them to, you know, don't be telling me my damn stomach is lapping over my belt. I know it is. I want you to ignore the shit. Just tell me I look nice so we can get the hell out of here. So I'm I'm with Sutton on that. I don't go shopping with people. She didn't want Dorit coming all in that damn dressing room telling her, no, you look fine, but no the hell I don't. You see my stomach. But let's just just tell me I look good. Let's get the hell out of here so we can go on about our business. We also see Erica, Lisa Renna, Denise, and Garcelle go to kind of a wine tasting. It was underground somewhere. It looked really nice. There was a ton of wine in there so there's i need to find out the, the locale so i can i'll drop that for y'all i'm assuming y'all are some drunkards like me so we'll all go over there and taste a little wine but it looked it looked absolutely amazing they sat there and a the big thing that happened here is denise finally even though i'm not really sure you can do this but denise offered an apology on behalf of aaron I mean, it was a great gesture. You know, she obviously, she said she wanted to move forward with Erica. She didn't want there to be any bad blood. She was confused because she's never, you know, seen that side of Aaron. She didn't want them, you know, she she was confused that there was bad blood there because she's never had her friends not like Aaron in that way. So when she offers up this apology, though, to Erica, Erica's like me. I'm like, well, you know. Maybe me and Aaron can have a conversation, but I appreciate what you're trying to do. And so they kind of put everybody on ease. And uh, that's one of the bigger things that kind of happened in the episode because there has been kind of some tension between Erica and Denise for God knows how long now, ever since uh, <laughs> ever since Aaron asked her, you know what you're doing? I do know what I'm doing. You know what you're doing? Are you happy with yourself? I am happy with my damn self. Are you happy with yourself? I'm perfectly happy with myself. Well, I'm perfectly happy with my damn self, too. You know, ever since that little argument they had, it's been a little beef between Denise and uh, Aaron and, and Erica. All, And then Denise went out there saying it was paparazzi. Child, let's move on. But, of course, the biggest thing we kind of get out of this episode is the kind of back and forth confusion around whether or not Denise has talked to Brandy recently or she hasn't. That's kind of the confusing thing. So first we get that scene with Denise and Lisa Renner where Lisa Renner saying, you know, come out, you know, this is my trip. I invited you all. I really want, don't want you to be uncomfortable. Just come out, enjoy us. We'll all enjoy each other. It'll be a great time. Denise is like, no, I don't want to do that. But then they kind of, you know, go back and forth. And Lisa Renner's kind of pushing her for information. And at first, it kind of seems like Denise is kind of doubling down on everything she said the night before. It wasn't until the dinner later that Denise starts to sing an entirely different tune. She's like, yeah, I have talked to Brandy recently, right before your party. She told me that some people at this table have slept with her too, and yada, yada, yada. So nobody's really knowing how to feel about that. I want, I'd love to hear from you guys about that. How do you feel about Denise suddenly, not even suddenly remembering that she's talked to Brandy recently, but suddenly remembering that Brandy has now told her that she slept with other people in this friend group? That seems a little suspicious to me. It kind of seems like a lack, you know, when, 
you know, when you in a fight and everybody, you know, uh, swinging on your ass and then you trying to figure out a way out of this fight. It kind of seems like that. She's kind of sitting over there like, okay, what can I do to push these women off of me? I'm tired of being in the hot seat. I don't want to play hot potato anymore. Let me exit the game. Let me exit stage left. I don't have any more lives left. I don't need the green mushroom extra life. Just let me out of this. And it kind of seems like that's her last last ditch effort to get out of this. Lisa Renner and Kyle, however, they realize immediately that everyone at their table were not cast members with Brandy. So it could have only been one of those two. They immediately are like, uh-uh, that's, that's not going to fly. We, we, you were singing an entirely different tune last night. We're not here for it. Don't lie. And then have Harry Hamlin thinking, I'm out here eating box like you are. <laughs> Don't have my husband, Mauricio, and Harry Hamlin thinking that we out here cheating, you know, the way it seems like you out here cheating. So they, they were not here for it. And that's really all that really happened in Beverly Hills. I mean, you know, it was a, a cute episode. It pushed us forward, but... I'm kind of, it seems like they're about to end pretty soon. You know, they've shot the reunion and they're about to die down. I hope that this entire season wasn't leading up to this Brandy drama only for like two episodes. That's kind of crazy if it is, but hey, I mean, they're giving more than they gave last season. So I guess I can't complain. Let's move on to the Real Housewives of New York or the Real Housewives of Mexico. Cause it seems like every single season they take their ass down to Mexico it seems like this episode really, the only thing I really want to focus on on Real Housewives of New York this uh, this episode, how are we feeling about Dorinda and Ramona? It, this see, I mean, this has been some rough seasons for them. I've said it once and I'll say it again. When you have a character like Bethany, who is so polarizing, who is so in the middle of everything, who mixes it up with everybody, who is kind of like the central figure when a person like that leaves a show like this, the supporting characters, which, I mean, I know it's an ensemble cast, but let's face it, Bethany Frankel was the voice on uh, The Real Housewives of New York. When someone like that leaves, the supporting characters really have to step up. And you really find out in that moment, if all these years, if you've liked them because they were in opposition of the polarizing character or if you like them because you like them, they have good personality, they dress nice, they are genuinely good people. It seems like Dorinda and Ramona are really failing the test. Right now, the only really likable ones on the show are Leah, of course, who I think most people can agree. I don't know if we've ever seen a housewife come in and be this liked by the general Bravo community. She's had some super drunken moments, but I mean... I've laughed all the way through them, so I can't I can't say anything negative about her. Luann has been on pretty much the good side this season. I don't know if that's going to work in her favor, though, because Luann didn't really have much going on this season. So I don't I don't know if her spot, you know, Bravo has been kind of they've been a little picky about these OGs recently. I think the only OG that we know for a fact is safe anywhere is Teresa to I, I, I can't see New Jersey without Teresa. New Jersey can't survive with just Melissa Gorga or just Jackie <laughs> or just Margaret. I think, now I love me some Jennifer Aiden, don't get it twisted. But I think that Teresa is really the only OG that's safe. So that makes me wonder about Luann because Luann really didn't have a lot going on this season. She really spent her season kind of playing mediator. 
It seems like she wanted to do a lot of brand rebuilding. The only real drama I remember her being in was that one like super quick moment where she made Sonya cry. Poor Sonya made Sonya cry. And besides that, I mean, she hadn't really had much going on. I mean, I haven't minded Luann at all this season. She's always, you know, she gives what she gives. So I've never, you know, I've never minded it, but I don't know. Sonya, I see her more so on the good side too. You know, she all, she does what she does. We've talked about Sonya. She comes in, gives you the laugh and she leaves, you know, my chubby pussy, you know, who the hell says that? So we don't have a problem with Sonya either, but it looks like it's making me wonder about Ramona's position for next season. It seems like the tides are finally kind of starting to turn on Ramona. At one point, we were just so we were so expecting of Ramona to, you know, be nasty to staff or, you know, think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm better than, you know, she was our guilty pleasure that, you know, we didn't necessarily want to tell people we like, but we did enjoy her on our TV screens. But now it's, I mean, it's turning. I mean, I just see her, I don't know, it, it's going away of I wouldn't be surprised if Bravo decided, okay, we need to trim some fat in New York and maybe swing a little younger and start over and them getting rid of Ramona first. Dorinda has been on my bad side all season, but I don't know if they would necessarily get rid of her because she's, no matter what, she gets drunk, gets mean, and is a catalyst at least for some drama on the show. So I don't know. It can swing either way in New York. But So the episode kind of picks off where Leah and Ramona got into the fight and then Ramona storms off. Luann goes to, no, Dorinda goes to talk to her first. It goes left because Ramona tells her she needs to be in AA. Dorinda leaves. She goes back and tells Leah how hurt she is. She was crying, but I didn't see any tears coming out. Uh Um, So Luann goes to talk to her. Luann kind of gets through, and somehow Ramona realizes that her and Luann are the most normal of the cast. Now, where the hell she drew that conclusion from, I'll never know, but... Uh, hey, if it, if it makes your boat float, as Martin says. Uh, so then Luann goes back and Leah asks, it's important to know, Leah is the one that asked what Ramona said. And Luann basically regurgitates everything that Ramona said. And Dorinda just goes on the attack as if Luann is the one that said all this. It was re- like, it was psychotic. I mean, she was just like belittling back to back to back to back. And normally on another season, if Luann had been like as uppity or as entitled as she is sometimes, that, you know, we might not be as shocked as we are as viewers. But this season, we've really seen Luann kind of owning everything that's happened to her over the past couple of years. We've seen her going uh, and talking to women who have, you know, been in the exact same situation, pampering these women, really being open and honest about, you know, assaulting the police officer, everything getting out of the handcuffs and all this stuff. And so when Dorinda is throwing all this back in her face, it's it's coming off as like super catty, even for Dorinda. So it's, I don't, Dorinda, it, geez, just when you think no one can get worse than Dorinda and the Ramona. Ramona, later on in the episode, really towards the end, gets into it, of course, with Leah again, because Leah uses the exact same language that Sonya uses, but everyone just thinks it's so funny when Sonya does it. And so, you know, Lee, uh, Ramona puts out this, you know, uh, it, I just feel like a mother to you, you know, that kind of stuff. Nobody wants to hear that. That girl is not your daughter. Leave her alone. You know, it, it, it's a mess. New York really didn't give a lot this episode either. This trip is kind of funny because 
when Bethany was on the show, you know, we looked forward to these out of the country trips. You could always count on the New York housewives to just be ridiculous during these trips. I mean, fighting over rooms, arguing, you know, everything at the season would come to a, a head. The the boat ride from hell. You know, we're used to these trips. This one kind of feels a little lackluster, to be honest. I just, I don't know. I've been saying it to my friends, but I don't, I just feel like New York is probably in for an overhaul. You know, we've seen them do it before after, when was that, season four? When they dropped uh, Jill, they dropped Alex, they dropped Cindy, they dropped somebody else too. It was like four women got fired. And then that's when they brought in like Heather and Aviva and Carol. Oh my God, I, I wish they would bring Aviva back. Aviva was good TV to me. I loved everything about Aviva. But now, let's go on to what we really want to talk about. Let me get around. Can I can I get a round of applause, someone, please? Someone hit the wrong sound effect, but that's okay. We'll, <laughs> it was dramatic enough. We'll go with it. Potomac. Oh, our lovely ladies of Potomac are back. Potomac is the one cast, even this, the new girl, Wendy. I'm here for everything Wendy is given so far. I This entire cast, I don't want them to replace anyone next season. I love Juan and Robin. I love uh, Giselle being the messiest person on TV. I love uh, Karen's lying ass. I love Ashley in her new role, but then I feel like Ashley about to get right back messy, so I love that too. I even I love Monique again. You know, Monique was getting on my nerves for a minute, but I love Monique again. Ooh, and they the way they teasing this fight and the, from the clips I've seen on Instagram, Lord Jesus. But anyway, let's talk about episode one. So the episode opens up with kind of a, a sneak peek of like seven weeks into the into the season or whatever, where they're in Karen's house and they're all talking about this fight between Monique and Candace. And Giselle, you know, she's saying it's black women. We've always held ourselves above that. We can debate that. (laughs) We can debate whether that's true or not. But we'll, you know, we'll let Giselle have that right now. You know, Sam, we've we've never gotten physical. You know, we'll argue up and down to a blue in the face. But we've never gotten physical. And you took that away from us all in that moment. You know, really kind of everyone kind of putting it on uh, Monique, which is fair. You know, they've never gotten into a physical fight on the show. They might, you know, they might say that arguing is the farthest they'll go. They'll never, you know, tear someone down physically, only emotionally. <laughs> but they uh, cut from that. You know, that's what we're all looking forward to this season is this see really kind of what happens between Candace and Monique to make them come to blows. We jump back in time about seven weeks and we're at Monique's house. Monique is there with her cute little baby. She has a new baby named Chase, the cutest little thing ever. And she has a new bird. This is our first Housewives Marvel crossover. So, you know, I'm just, I'm excited as a lamb. I don't know if that's the, the phrase, but the lamb going to be excited today, damn it. I, I mean, we. she tells us she has a new pet. They cut to it. She has a new bird named T'Challa. Hold on, wait a minute. A new bird named T'Challa that she's potty training. Now, if that ain't enough to keep your ass tuned in to this show, I don't know what is. Who the hell sits up and potty trains? They where well, I look. I'm not a bird person. I'll admit I've never owned a bird. I've only we had one in my classroom one time. I never went near it. It scared the hell out of me. 
I was not here for the bird, but I'm here for everything T'Challa and Monique are giving right now. She decides to go up the street where Karen is now back in Potomac and take that damn bird with a Karen open that door. And her reaction was so damn priceless. I had to rewind it about three times. Karen was like, I know the hell you ain't about to bring this bird in my house. Like it was a cute little baby. And I wanted who the hell to that. Listen to all my friends out there listening. If you ever get a new animal and you decide you want to bring them to meet me, it is okay to do it on FaceTime. I don't need to meet your new animal, especially if it sheds, if it's go drop some feathers, if it's go shit in my house, I don't need to meet your animal. That's to anybody, new friends, future friends, old friends, family members, babies, who I do not need to meet your pet. That's on behalf of me and Karen. Now, Karen, I'm defending, you know, I'm, I'm on your side right now with this whole bird thing. But Karen, we got to have a quick conversation. That Action News 5 ass wig you had on was not it that black look you were given the, with the black with the, the puff shoulder and the long hair that was nice that little bitty ass like nene leaks season six wig with the eight out that was not karen throw it away do y'all remember the episode of the <laughs> the atlanta housewives when nene popped up on phaedra and she had had that top down and that wig by the time she got to phaedra's house was going straight up like she was the bride of dracula if that shit wasn't the funny, that's exactly the vibes that Karen's wig was given. Karen, the door is closed on that wig. <laughs> closed. Close the damn door, okay? Anyway, they get to talking. Monique is telling her, uh, <laughs> is, you know, she's getting a tour of Karen's house. Karen's showing her everything. Ooh, wait a minute. Another note. That Monique, you wrong as hell. She shaded the hell out of Karen accidentally. You know, <laughs> you know, you a shaded person when you keep shading somebody accidentally. The producer asked her, "So what'd you think of Karen's house?" Oh, you know, it was nice. It was nice for them. Oh, get I uh, look, Monique. If that woman comes swinging on your ass at the reunion, don't be, <laughs> don't act surprised. Now you know why the lady trying to swing on your ass. And so they go outside, family. Karen, for the first time, I feel like really ever on this show, with the exception of probably when her parents passed, Karen is actually being super open about her personal life. She's saying that ever since she started this LaDom, you know, her and Ray have really been kind of on separate pages. You know, we see in episode two, the black Bill Gates barely says three words to Karen. They are on entirely different pages and the way that the previews are looking it's looking like it's really gonna take a toll on their marriage this season now i don't know the current state of karen's relationship but i'm that, that's one of the storylines i'm kind of anxious to see just because not to see the deterioration of someone's marriage but because we i feel like we've never really seen karen being this open and this honest before even monique said it on the show she was like something must really be wrong if karen is offering up all this information We've as fans have never seen it. Obviously, her friends have never seen it. So I'm I'm excited to see how this plays out. Not excited, you know, in a bad way. You know, just I'm I'm looking forward to her storyline this season. Then we go to Giselle. Now you know anyone that follows the the Instagram account for this page, you know I love me some green eyed bandits. I love me 
some green eyed bandits. Robin and Giselle, they probably like one of my favorite housewives duos. One, because they loyal as hell to each other. But two, I think they are the funniest, messiest people on TV. And you know, I love me some messy housewives. We get to see Giselle's new home. Now, Giselle, you did a wonderful job of rehabbing this house. The outside looks beautiful. You know, you took a what Candace called Candace read the shit out the house. Candace said, you know, you, you took that tear down ass house <laughs> and you really did make something of it. It looks beautiful. But Giselle, the same way we talked about Karen in that wig, we got to talk about that house a little bit. Now, now Giselle, I think the inside of your house is nice. I think it's, be- you know, I think it's beautiful. You know, it's something you call your own. Your daughters love it. But the people, you know, I'm merely a beacon of the people. The people said, but the people said, now this is the people, not me. The people said it looked like a unicorn, did a little bit of glitter cocaine in Dorit's bathroom, and then sneezed all over that house. That's what they said. I didn't say, you know, I, I'm not low down like that. I didn't say nothing like that. That's what they said about your house. I don't mind your glittery ass house and your, you know, it's a lot of purples and pinks, but that's okay. I don't mind it, Giselle. Do you, you, you know, you, you paid the money for that house and, I'm, you know, I, I don't mind it at all. Now, that little bitty ass car you was riding around in, we'll talk about that later, but we go, that, um, child black, let me tell y'all something. Since I'm, you know, I'm black, I can, I can tell y'all a few things every now and then about black people. Black people, just because it got a label on it, don't make it right. That little ass Gucci car <laughs> that Giselle was riding around in, I wanted to holler. You can tell when black people get money, they just want to monogram everything. Gucci probably drawing up a lawsuit right now to sue y'all asses. I, who, who, who did y'all find to put that strip across that car and drive all around Potomac with it like y'all endorsing a radio station or something. I love every minute. You know I love ghetto fabulous people. They are some ghetto fabulous ass people. The thing I love most about this first scene with Giselle was that, well, I mean, it's heartbreaking, but the interaction between the daughters, Jamal on FaceTime and Giselle, Giselle could immediately, immediately feel the tension in the room when Jamal got off that call. So she finally asked him, she's like, it seems like y'all don't want to talk to your dad. What's wrong? That said everything we needed to know about how they felt about Jamal as a father. It seemed like they were the most like protect this one. They love their mother, which it, it says a lot about Giselle. You know, Giselle, you've raised some great daughters. They really have to work on their relationship with Jamal, though, because it seems like they don't trust that man at all. It seems like they know exactly what went on in your relationship, whether it's from you telling them, whether it's from them remembering stuff, or whether it's from them Googling on the Internet. They know a lot about your relationship, and they don't want you to go back down that path. And if you and Jamal are serious about possibly working this out again, that's going to be something that you two need to address because... Those daughters are not happy about it. I'm anxious to see this upcoming episode when all of y'all go out to dinner because if their reaction to that FaceTime was any indication, they are not here for Jamal. Speaking of ghetto fabulous ass black people, Candace and Chris have come down to these nice white people's establishment (laughs) and they trying to spend $5,000 on this party 
that white lady must have looked so damn crazy at them. She was like, uh, we need at least 22,000 up out of y'all. But she's like, well, I guess, you know, if you're trying to, you know, cut corners, you know, if you're trying to do a little, you know, around the house, then I guess we can do a cash bar. And then maybe that'll, you know, subside some of your costs. I, I don't know what made them think that was going to be a good idea. Listen, people, if you can't afford to have a party, don't have a party. Like, I didn't, I've never understood people that, like, send out those big invites to parties. Oh, and everybody bring, you bring this and you bring that. This your party. What the hell? I don't even really want to come to this. I want to lay in bed and watch Netflix. Why do I got to bring something to your damn party? Nevertheless, they throw in this party and <laughs> and they they didn't want no help from Miss Dorothy after the way Miss Dorothy smacked the hell out of Candace with that damn uh, Louis bag last season. So, I, I understand. They were trying to throw this party by themselves. For $5,000, but they also trying to buy a $2.5 million house. Now, how the hell that goes together, I don't know. Y'all have to tell me right in. Let me know how, how those two things work out, but I, I can't quite figure those two things out. But, you know, maybe, you know, Candace, uh, I don't know. If, if these Bravo checks ain't cutting it, you know, just, I mean, you know, McDonald's always hiring. Maybe that well, shit, McDonald's won't help you pay for no damn $5,000 party either. So, girl, just stick to Bravo. Just let Monique hit you a couple more times. Maybe you can sue her ass and get, you know, Chris got money. So maybe you can get a little something after him to plan for the next party. That way you at least have an open bar. Then we go and we see what Ashley's kind of been up to this season. What the, the main thing Ashley's been doing this season is wig shopping. She wouldn't let you buy. <laughs> she wasn't about to let y'all read her in that mama's ass wig she had on last season. She gave that, that wig away immediately. She got her a better wig. She put it up in a little pinup. She was like, y'all ain't about to keep reading me about these wigs. We learned a little bit more about her as a mother. You know, she's so worried about everything going on in the world. They went out. Michael was scaring her. She was scared about the squirrels. She talking about global warming, uh, uh, the Chinese government. She talking about the Australian wildfire. She was she was worried about everything. Girl, take your ass in the house. I'm just playing. I love Ashley. I love this whole cast. So I, I, I understand, you know, a new mom is going to be, you know, afraid about the world or leaving behind for the children. So, you know, it's cute. You know, little Dean, little Dean is a cutie. I'm not mad at you, Ashley. And then finally, I don't know if y'all have, y'all can tell by now, but I have a special place in my heart for Robin and Juan Dixon. I love them as a couple. I'm so glad, you know, if you're on social media, you know how this season ends. I, I just love them as a duo. I love Robin. She's a green eyed bandit. You know, I, I just love them. We get to this, their scene you know, I'm unapologetic about my love for them. They're, you know, kind of wooing over each other. And then one of the kids, I think it's Carter, kind of asks, you know, why are we still in this small house? I want to move into a bigger house, which prompts Robin and Juan. You know, they're like, well, I want to move into a bigger house, too. But then Robin's like, well, let me have a little conversation with you. So the kids exit stage left. And she's like, oh, you're not about to just keep drinking this milk for free. You got to buy the milk at some point. You know, Juan's like, yeah, we got to keep working our relationship. She's like, no, you got to go buy a damn ring <laughs> and do like Beyonce said, put a ring on it. You know, you got to be Jay-Z for just, you know, a couple of minutes. Now, you ain't got to give me a ring as big as Jay-Z, but you got to put a ring on it. I'm not about to let you keep drinking the milk right out the udders and you uh not having a ring on this. Even though we've been down this road before, you got to put a ring on it. Robin, I respect you for that. You got to tell them. Otherwise, I mean, there's no reason you got to tell them. Next up, we have Candace waiting in the restaurant for Giselle. 
They're trying to, uh, you know, get the little cake tasting. She's trying to prepare for this party. That's when we see that damn uh, Gucci Tonka car that <laughs> Giselle pulls up in. She said her car broke down. That's why she's driving it because that's Jamal's car and he leaves it there and it's been up there forever. Yada yada yada. You know, I'm I'm anxious to get to know more about Jamal because right now I feel like I'm not giving him a fair chance. I love Giselle and I kind of feel like one of her children. I'm like, you know, if you're not here to enrich me, then you need to leave. And I don't know what you know Jamal is doing for her now. Maybe he's in an entirely different place. If that's the case, then I'm all for it. You know, they say Giselle is a lot more likable when she getting steady D. So we gonna let Giselle get that steady D, that anointed D, that gospel. D that Mississippi Mass Choir D that uh we declare victory D that uh there's a bomb in Gilead D that Clark sister D that uh I'm, let me stop <laughs> this podcast this podcast is gonna send me straight to hell let me stop so while Giselle and Candace are doing this tasting one of them I can't remember which one I think it was Giselle brings up the fact that oh Candace you haven't really been nice when it comes to my home. And then Candace says, well, you haven't been nice to me regarding my home search. And really what we figure out is Candace's mama is the instigator. Now, you know, Miss Dorothy, Miss Dorothy is giving Mama Joyce vibes. I love Miss Dorothy. Miss Dorothy keeps some shit going. And she was so damn drunk at that party. Miss Dorothy, you all right with me. And so they finally kind of, I don't know if they necessarily agree to squash it, but... You know, they, they leave on somewhat of a funny note, funny to where Candace feels the need to address it a little bit later on. We then skip forward to Monique and Ashley kind of having a little play date. They, they, I don't know if the babies are old enough to play, but you know where mommies get together and just hold a baby and really it's just an excuse for them to, you know, kind of gossip and stuff like that. You know, you really, the, the, the kids are right here. You know, the boy, sit your ass over there. You'll be okay. They get together. They're kind of chatting and we... I don't even want to actually talk about what they were talking about. The thing I want to talk about is Monique is just like Candy with this early, early ass potty training that they're doing. Like they're potty training their kids at like six, seven months. And these kids are actually going on. She starts singing. We go pee pee on the party. We go pee pee on the party. We go pee pee on the party. And it, he actually starts peeing. I'm like, this is the crazy, like, I don't know how how long it took me to get potty trained, but I know I had a cousin, <laughs> so cousin on my dad, not my dad, it's on my mama's side, that, I mean, it took him for, you know, it, that was an issue for us growing up for a while, so he needed Monique's, if I'd known that all we had to do was just say, we go pee pee on the pot to get him to stop peeing in that bed that we were all sleeping in, I would have did that a long time ago. Ashley expressing her feelings about Candace. And how, what a bad page they on. <laughs> and Ashley called her hamster face. And Bravo Production, we know they get shadier and shadier by the year. They put up that, uh, what is it, screen, <laughs> that half screen, one side with Candace and one side with an actual hamster, showing how much they actually do look alike. You know what, Bravo? If I was Candace, I'd be uh, <laughs> I'd be drawing up a lawsuit to send y'all asses to. And I'm talking about priority mail. I want to make sure you get that damn lawsuit. Lastly and finally, we get to the party. So we get to this party, and I really just want to focus on new housewife, Wendy. Wendy, I think it's Osefo. Is that how you say it? Osefo. 
Wendy comes into the party. I mean, beautiful, beautiful, chocolatey, educated. You know, she sat on the boards for this and that. She's a CNN political uh, contributor, everything. I mean, Wendy is an impressive person. You see, I'm being petty because I use that word impressive. Karen, for some reason, said that she's not impressed by Wendy, but it, it seemed, Karen, it, by all means of the word, Wendy seems to be impressive. She seems very impressive. So it kind of seems like you're doing a little bit of hating. Now, I'm not going to say that, but it, Karen, it seems like you're doing a little hating now. And so then the other really big thing we find out uh, is that Sharice and Candace have actually formed some kind of a friendship. Now, I don't know if we want to call it a friendship, if we want to call it an alliance, which it seems more so to be, but this has fishy all over it. I don't know if they're actually friends or they both just kind of wanted to dig at Monique, but Sharice has been showing up. She's at the party. I don't know if she was mic'd at the party, though. That's what makes it seem a little weird because it kind of seems like, well, production, we weren't planning for you to be here, so this is a little messy. You know, if it was like the camera planning for her to be there, that's one thing because then they're like, okay, we want you to be a friend of the show this season. That kind of seemed like, oh, we didn't know you were going to be here. Are you about to be an integral part of this season because you're keeping up mess? Whatever the case, no, I'm 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 here for it. I'm so, sorry, Monique, but I'm here for it. So let's jump to episode two. So the first thing that kind of shocks us is that Giselle and Monique, after years of beefing, have finally decided to kind of just, you know what, let's make amends. We don't really know what we're fighting about at this point. Let's just be friends and let's plan this party for uh, Ashley. Ashley, new mommy, hadn't been out, you know, in who knows how long since she's had the baby or since before she was pregnant. And, you know, they, they want to do something really nice for her. They kind of have, you know, they're talking. They, they tell everything about, you know, why they think they hadn't gotten along. And so they kind of squash it. It seems like it's off to a good start, but I think we all know it's not going to last that long. <laughs> and so... You know, they kind of start to talk about Ashley's maybe postpartum a little bit. And I think that's the reason why they want to throw her this party in the first place. We then get a little more about Candace. You know, Candace and Wendy go out for lunch. Pretty Wendy. Pretty Wendy. They go out for lunch. And Wendy kind of tells Candace that uh, <laughs> Karen has always been kind of shady. So she brings up the fact that she's met Karen on several different occasions and Karen always introduces herself to her. And so th that's what kind of confirms that Karen, you're doing a little Hayden. We know, you know, sometimes you meet people, you might not just necessarily like them, but yeah, it seems like it's one of those situations where when you've met this person and you know, Wendy seems to be a little memorable to me. You've met this person and you just constantly saying, you know, Oh, nice to meet you. Wendy said, bitch, we met before, you know me, shit. We, we've met. Many times, girl, babysit your kids the other day. We know each other. And then we found out that Ashley, you know, is invited to the, the Ashley's outing. Doesn't know if she wants to go and, you know, don't know if she wants to apologize yet. Yada, yada, yada. So we, you know, we, we end up seeing how that goes. Fast forward to Giselle sitting in a restaurant and Juan Dixon walks in to meet her. They start talking and Giselle is, you know, kind of confused. She's like, I really don't, honestly don't know what I'm doing here. And he's like, well, I just want to tell you. And, you know, he basically puts out there that he's ready to marry uh, Robin again. 
Giselle is over the moon, of course, just like I am. I'm so happy they're going down that path. You know, and she's basically telling them, you know, that that's the best thing that ever happened. And then they somehow get on the uh, the topic of Jamal. And she tells them about how protective her girls are and how they uh, feel about their dad right now. And Juan basically echoes everything I said earlier. He's like, look, the daughters can see, all, they're old enough, they can see for themselves. They can get the wrong impressions of people, the wrong feelings. They're going to feel entirely different now if he hurts you again. And that kind of hits home with Giselle. So Giselle kind of realizes that she might need to not necessarily rethink that, but she needs to be a little more cautious about how she's moving forward with this relationship with uh, Jamal. So then we move into the Bassett's home. We see that uh, Candace kind of has a little bit of a pregnancy scare. And, you know, talking about it kind of makes her realize that, you know, she was a little disappointed and that, you know what, maybe I am actually ready to have kids. But that isn't what I actually want to focus on in this scene. I want to focus on the fact that they had an argument about when to have sex. I am team Chris when it comes to this whole sex thing. Candace is like, well, you know, I got to take my makeup off. And you know, that at night. I like to have sex at night. Uh-uh. I'm, with t- I'm team Chris on this. Let's start our day off with a good hunch so that I can have my mind focused on everything. And, you know, I'd, I'll be good to go for the rest of the day. I can cook these people barbecue and then I can come home. I can focus on you. Yada, yada, yada. You know, we woke up in the morning. Don't nobody want to, you know, hunch at night then you got to wake up with a bad attitude the next day you know don't nobody want that uh that lazy at the end of the day uh stinking ass sex (laughs) i mean i hope you took a shower but you know don't nobody want that you want it in the morning you know you wake up you know on the fresh you roll over you feeling good you stretch out you yawn you know you can do gymnastics in the bedroom then don't nobody want that uh Oh, I'm I'm so sleepy. Yeah, let's just go ahead and do. Don't nobody want that. I, I, Chris, I'm with you. Do it in the morning. And finally, we get to the the last scene of the episode. We get to the party for Ashley, which is really kind of a, a dinner. You know, it's kind of like her first outing. You know, dinner and drinks as a new mommy. And the biggest kind of takeaway from this dinner is actually before the dinner starts, when it's just Candace and Monique there. I'm sorry, no, when it's just Monique and Giselle there, messy-ass Giselle, you know, I love that messy-ass Giselle. She tells her that she found out from Ashley that Sharice and Candace basically kind of formed an allegiance. They became friends when uh, Sharice and Monique were on the outs, and that was purposely. And you, that, let me tell you something, that damn Ashley, she been messy for, for so long, but I've loved that messiness for so long ashley keep it coming you to read the low okay let me tell you something low key ashley has always been the mvp of this show ashley has had people cussing her out <laughs> since season one you remember that girl sat on that swing set and told them people that uh robin was broke she uh let me see season two she was telling Karen, all them people that uh, she didn't trust Karen because Karen be lying about where she live and her ass can't afford no house and all that kind of stuff. Season three, Robin was tired of her ass, but then they finally got back friends. Season four, Candace didn't think the girl wanted to get pregnant. And so uh, uh, Ashley, <laughs> they getting into it constantly about that. Ashley really has been one of the MVPs on this show. You know, whether we love her or hate her, she really does do a job. So I always go up for Ashley, no matter what. 
And so from that, you know, Monique kind of sends a lot of shots Candace's way throughout the dinner, which ends up kind of leading to everyone kind of not even jumping on Candace, but Candace is one of the most defensive people on TV. If she feels like more than one person is coming at her at one time, she immediately shuts down. She uh, screams. It's F-U-B. F-U. Now, I've been cussing this whole podcast. I don't know why I just said F-U. But, you know, she's kind of screaming and saying, you know, uh, I don't care what any of y'all got to say. I'm not trying to hear that. And then it kind of cuts away to next episode. So, we'll, I mean, we'll guess see what happens. I'm with Robin with all of that. Robin was like, look. Girl, just apologize. Y'all been fighting for so long now. Girl, just apologize so we can move on. At least start this season off on a good note. But she's not trying to hear none of that. Candace never is. So what did you think? Did you enjoy Beverly Hills this week? Did you enjoy New York? Did you love those two first episodes of The Real Housewives of Potomac? I want to know your thoughts. You can reach me either by email at housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast. I'll feature your uh, feedback in an upcoming episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And I look forward to hearing from you. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.